We were never promised that life would be easy, but when we do it together, it becomes much easier. I genuinely believe that we have to be intentional about creating a joyful life. I believe in happy parenting, healthy marriages, long-lasting friendships, and making perfect memories in imperfect homes. But those things require deep, holy heart work. I am passionate when it comes to sharing vulnerably about the things that people are not always comfortable discussing. And I am passionate about sharing practical wisdom that has helped me to help you navigate through life less stressfully and more purposefully. On the Living Easy Podcast, you'll hear honest insight with a biblical foundation to help you become best friends with your spouse again, to love your motherhood so much that you don't need wine or even coffee to get through the day and to find hope in the very real trials and pain that we face moment to moment. I want to challenge you every Monday to live life with purpose, to choose joy, and to honor God with all that you do. Are you ready to fight hard for that sweet, abundant life? If so, I would love to do it together. So grab a cup of coffee and join me every Monday. I'm Lindsay Maestas, and this is the Living Easy Podcast. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Living Easy Podcast. Oh my goodness, it's been a little while since I have just sat down to be with you all. I feel like I keep saying that lately, so... I am ready to be back in routine now that we're in Franklin, Nashville area, and just kind of getting back to life as it's supposed to be, just routine and structure. I actually dropped off Saxon today at preschool, and that was a little rough for my heart. (laughs) I actually didn't expect it to be as emotional as it was, but it was a pretty emotional moment. So... I am happy to be here working, kind of keeping my mind distracted, and I wanted to talk to y'all about something that is one asked a lot in my DMs and on my blog, and just as a whole, I receive a lot of emails asking, what Bible do I read? How do I study the Bible? How do you start even studying the Bible? Why should I read my Bible? And I did a poll a while back, which I've mentioned to you guys, but the poll was, I asked how many people were Christians and the response was about 91%. And I said, how many of you read your Bible? And the response was about 25 to 30%. And that was very alarming to me. I'll be honest, not in a judgmental way. I have had to dust off the top of my Bible more times than I am proud of. And so I, as always, come to you to call you up toward Jesus, to call you up in your faith and your relationship with God, not to condemn you or tear you down. This episode is um, going to be relatively short and sweet, and I'm going to just address the type of Bible that I read, how I study the Bible, um, which translation I use, and my personal opinion that may not be the popular opinion on quiet time and devotionals. So... First of all, I'm so happy to have you here. That's first of all. (laughs) I was going to jump in, but I just want you all to know I'm so thankful to have you. I am going to be celebrating a pretty big milestone here shortly with the podcast. And I actually sat down the other day and saw that I had celebrated 100,000 downloads a year ago today. And the growth since that point has been exponential. And I have told you guys before that I stopped looking at numbers because I was getting caught up and feeling inadequate. And 
you know, just competing with myself as always. And as I saw that, I just stopped and I praised God out loud for the growth that he's done with the podcast. And I also just asked him, you know, this year specifically, Lord, with all that's going on in our world, help me to be a voice of peace, of calm, but also one of challenge and one that really calls you guys to a place of understanding who God is and what he says and and calls you to more than ever before because you all know we need it desperately in our world right now. And I never want to lead you astray. And I pray every time before I start this podcast that I will never do that, though I'm sure I have time and time again. And that's (laughs) repentance as I grow alongside you with this podcast. But primarily the place I'm in now is I really just want to be bold and I want to be honest and I don't want to skirt around the truth and what I believe in any way, shape or form to make you feel more comfortable or to make myself feel more comfortable because I fear the Lord and I fear the future. And I I want that healthy fear of the Lord to lead me to a love for you and for my listeners. And that is what I'm going to allow it to do. And when I say fear the Lord and I'll kind of expound on this in the episode, but it is not a fear of him because he is good and he is only good and he is love, but he is also a mighty God and he calls us to a standard. And I never want him to say, and I never want to hear the words, Lindsay, I never knew you. You knew of me, but you didn't know me. And I want the same for you guys, that when you walk to the heaven's gates, whenever that is, we are not promised tomorrow that God will say to you, well done, my good and faithful servant. And I believe that is knowing who the Lord is. It is surrendering our lives and it is placing Him above all other idols and all other temptations that this world offers. So the point of studying the Bible is to know God. It is to have the ability to discern the truth from a lie. The heart of all of it and the foundation is to know Him. It is not about you. It is not about us. It's not about what we gain from it or who we become from it, though that is the fruit of reading scripture and knowing the word. The ultimate purpose of getting into the Bible is to grow and to strengthen a deeper relationship with God. So I specifically remember a time before I became a Christian, I was seeking God out slowly but surely. He had been tugging on my heart for a long time. If you've not heard episode 30, that's my testimony, and I share the nitty-gritty of my past. But when I went to church this night, I went with a family member. I had invited her. And I remember just being excited for like self-betterment and self-help and self-growth. And it was all self, 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 which my entire life was and probably still is to this day. That is constant redirecting. We are very selfish human beings, including me. (laughs) I am a selfish human being. But I felt legitimately annoyed that the pastor was talking about God's character in the Old Testament and the history of his word rather than focusing on me and preaching a sermon about something I could relate to in my life and walk away with this practical implementation. And I don't know why that moment resonated with me so much, but it's been a very important experience that I look back on often when going to church or finding a new home church or listening to a teaching online 
this is not about me. My faith is not about me. My relationship, my going to church, my attendance of community groups is not about me. None of it. It is about Jesus. It's about knowing the character and the goodness of God so that I can personally give an account for what I believe, which is very crucial in sharing the truth with anyone, which all of you are called to do. You are all called to share the gospel, to share the good news, to know what you believe, to have an understanding of God's word so that you can give an account for that. And It allows us that deep relationship with God, that deep understanding of who He is, gives us the ability to share the good news of the gospel with the people that we come in contact with. Here's the thing, and you'll hear me say this a lot. We tend to be extremely self-focused in our worlds. We tend to want everything around us to go smoothly, to go well, naturally, right? We're human beings. It's our flesh. But our flesh doesn't go with us, right? So we need to feed the Spirit. We need to feed our heart, our relationship, our character when it is so tempting in our world to focus on vanity and our homes and our lives. And don't get me wrong, I fall into those traps all the time. And it takes legitimate repentance and turning from those things in different ways. And so as your flesh pulls and tugs in different directions, you have to remember Your flesh will not go with you to heaven. Your soul will go with you to eternity. And so what are we investing our time in? So with that in mind, I want to share practically how I read the Bible. And it isn't black and white for me. And it changes often, honestly, because I could swear that I have ADHD in some capacity. I have shared that before, but I'm really, really kind of embracing the knowledge of that and working to make it helpful for me rather than harmful. And so I've learned what really helps me and what may help you is that everything doesn't need to be black and white. You do what works for you. As long as you're reading and studying your Bible, whether it's 4 a.m. or 4 p.m. and you're preparing dinner at the same time, continue listening, continue reading, continue seeking. I think one of the greatest lies of our time is this quiet time idea. Okay, and this is what I meant when I said this may not be the popular idea amongst teachers or amongst you guys. But I think quiet time is a lie. I think quiet time is a distraction. And I think quiet time is an excuse. So I say that as gently as I can because I believe that we can do better. When we say, I need my quiet time, I think that's wonderful for people who are retired or people who do not have children or do not have a full-time job that they have 30 minutes to themselves. And not to say this isn't possible because it absolutely is and it is essential for some people to wake up at 4.30, 5 o'clock and have that time. It's transformative for people who can do that. But when we have the expectation of a quiet time and yet we don't actually implement the quiet time into our lives, that's when the enemy steals from that relationship with Jesus. Because if we don't have that coffee mug and we don't have the pretty setup of the Bible and the peace and the quiet, then we don't actually study. Rather than saying, Lord, if that quiet time comes, awesome. If it doesn't come, I am still going to be faithful and read today and study and spend time with you today. 
even in the midst of the chaos. So I'll divulge into that a little bit more. But number one, the first way that I read my Bible and study my Bible is by reading one book and repeating it over and over and over. I reread. One, this hinders me and stops me, I guess, from saying, oh, I've already read that. (laughs) I already know that. Because every time you read a new page in that chapter, the Holy Spirit will use that to teach you, to grow you. It may not be something about you, but you will continue to learn new things about the God of the Bible. So some of my favorite books in the New Testament are James, Philippians, Matthew, and 1 John. And I'll read that chapter, that book, and I'll read it once. I read it again. I read it again. I meditate on it. I delight in it. And by the fourth time, I'm starting to know it, right? I'm starting to know what's to come. I'm knowing the story and understanding it. But I like to read that and to allow the Bible to read me. Not that I want to read myself into the Bible. We want to be really careful about that because it is about God. And I'm going to keep reiterating that. But I do want it to change me and to lead me. I want the Holy Spirit to speak to me each time and to teach me. And so during this time that I'm reading it, I am saying, okay, God, show me what you have for me today. Show me what you want me to know about you. How can I know you deeper and further and wider? I want that understanding. And so show me. I also want to be a better representation of you and of your character. So fill my heart with your character, with your love, with your will, and remove mine from me if it is not of you. And so I like to find a verse or two to memorize in my course, The Wife Project, From Roommates to Soulmates. I It is an eight-week, ten-and-a-half-hour course about marriage and strengthening your marriage and deepening that relationship in a biblical way, whether your husband is a believer or not. And so, of course, faith is the foundation of all of it. And in one of the Wife Project journal pages, I share my secret of how I memorize verses quickly and easily. So I will share this tool with you guys as well. So to memorize a verse, one of the easiest ways I have found is to write the first letter of every word and the verse on my hand. So to keep it easy, let's think of the verse, Jesus wept. So I would write on my hand, J-W, and then below I would do John 11.35. And so J, Jesus, W, wept. And it would be, I would look at it all day, whether it's on my hand or whether it's on my dashboard and continue seeing that JW, John 11, 35, Jesus wept. So as a longer example, um, if we were to do Romans 8, 1, therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are, are in Christ Jesus. I would do T, T, I, N, N, C, F, T, W, A, I, C, J, and then Romans 8, 1. It seems complex, and it will take you some time to get adjusted and to kind of know what those words are. But if you have the verse written out, and then you have it written on your hand with just the first letters of each word, you'll find that the more you look at your hand, the less you need to reference that verse. Probably by day two or day three, you won't even need to look at that verse at all. It is a very quick way and wonderful way to memorize scripture. And the way that we fight sin and temptation is with scripture, right? Just like Jesus did. And so when he was tempted, when Jesus was tempted on the mountain, he used scripture to combat the temptation and we are to do the same. And so if we have those verses memorized, it's so powerful to have the word written on our hearts truly and to allow that to 
affect the way that we live and the way that we think. So the first way that I read my Bible is that I read one book over and over and over and over again until I feel like I have a deep understanding. I've read commentaries on it. I've studied it. I've underlined words. I journal next to it. I just dig in. What does this say about God's character? What does this say about who He is? The second way is I switch things up often, as I mentioned, because I have a very hard time focusing. But one thing that I like to do is to read one chapter of the New Testament, one chapter of the Old Testament, one Psalm, and one Proverb. So this is probably the most common way that I read. I do believe it's important that we have the full context of what we're reading. So if I read one chapter of a book, I am sure to finish the book the entire way through for the sake of context and my own understanding. I think this is very important, by the way. And this is where I'm going to kind of dig into devotionals and quiet time. I think that we have a very real tendency in our culture and our society to rely upon devotionals to teach us. And that is one little mini verse sometimes of the Bible, chapter of the Bible, and then it moves on to another chapter, another verse of the Bible. We are leaving out very crucial context when we do that. And it allows us then the opportunity, the negative opportunity to take someone else's word for it and what they've read in scripture rather than what you know for yourself. Friends, I want you to know for yourselves what the Bible says. I don't want you taking anyone else's word for it. Why would you rely upon someone else's interpretation when you have the Holy Spirit who will interpret the Bible for you, in you, with you, to you? All of that is translated to you through the Holy Spirit. And so you have the opportunity to understand it in a way that God intends for you to read it. While there are factual black and white texts that tell us who God is, who His character is, there are also moments where the Holy Spirit allows us to interpret and understand it in a way that strengthens and molds us toward a deeper relationship with God. James 2.19 says, You believe that there is one God, good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. This is saying, you guys, and this is like, it's just really heavy on my heart. Your knowledge of God, your understanding that there is a God, even your belief that there is a God does not mean that you are saved. Your salvation comes from a confession to Jesus that you need Him. It comes from repentance of your past ways and turning from those past ways and allowing His grace to pour upon you. It is giving Him the word in your heart and in your mind and your soul that you will not continue living life for the world or for the enemy, but that you are living for Him. And that is changing our ways. That is turning from our sin that is acknowledging Him as God, the Savior and the Creator of the universe, and it is knowing Him. So the demons are not in heaven. They're not going to heaven, and they believe, and they shudder. They fear the Lord. So if the demons know of God and fear Him, and we know of God and fear Him, what differentiates us from them? Our differentiation comes from knowing God, not just knowing of God. It comes from repentance. It comes from giving ourselves over to the creator of the universe. So I just think that's a very powerful verse. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. All scripture is God-breathed. 
All scripture is useful for teaching. All scripture is useful for rebuking, for correcting, for training in your righteousness, not just the ones that you think are impactful. Jesse always jokes. He says, you definitely don't want to be like, hey, God, what do they call it? Like biblical roulette. Hey, God, what do you have for me today? And you just open the Bible to a paragraph and place your finger on that. And then you read like Judas hanged himself. That would be very depressing, right? (laughs) That is not what God has for you. And so we don't want to play biblical roulette. We want to read the full book. We want to read the full chapter. We want to read the full verse and have an understanding of the actual context that surrounds it. So the law that is within us, that's written on our hearts, the Bible says, is the word of God. And that is also defined as Jesus Christ. In John 1.1, it says the word is God. So by Jesus, through the Holy Spirit who dwells within us from salvation, we interpret God's law. And then through our Christ-centered lives, the Great Commission to spread the gospel truth illuminates the world about Jesus. And through His Word, He goes before all things and holds all things together. And so for us in our home— Jesse and I try imperfectly, but we do try to match up every decision with God's word. We pair up every teaching from any pastor and match it to God's word. The first time Jesse ever came with me to a church, it was actually very interesting. The teaching was not accurate. It was was far from biblically accurate, but I didn't know that because I wasn't a believer and, or I was a new believer, I guess I should say, but I had not been a believer for very long at all. And Jesse was raised in the church. He was raised being told by his dad to know the word for himself. So as we walked out of the church service, I was like, wow, that was really good. That was so insightful and good. And Jesse was like, let's talk. (laughs) And he basically just told me, hey, none of that is in scripture. And he actually wrote notes and showed me the inaccuracies against the Bible And that's when we were just friends. That was pretty attractive for sure. I was like, wow, you know your stuff. You're teaching me. And and he did. And I actually ended up writing the pastor's family and just asking, because I knew them, and just asking some questions like, hey, this says this, but you guys said this. How does this line up? And it became a really cool conversation with them. I wasn't attacking in any way. I was genuinely curious but I didn't go back to that church either. And so I think that it's so important, you guys, to know what the Bible says because I didn't and I just took their word for it. And it turns out it was completely heretical and like not okay. And I desire for this community, the Living Easy community, for you guys to be Bereans, for you to test things against scripture, not to just believe something for the sake of believing or because you trust the pastor, but to know the word well enough for yourself, or at least have the ability to reference it and to know how to do so in order to know the truth for yourself. And one of the sweetest things Jesse told me when we were dating actually, is that the Bible is a love letter written from God to us, to you. It is a love letter written from Him to you. He loves you. He cares for you. He shares that with you. And it is a letter of His goodness and grace. But it's also a letter of caution. It's a call to fear the Lord. He warns us throughout Scripture of hell and of destruction that are very real things. If there is good, there is evil, right? We see that throughout scripture. There's a book called, um, I think it's Moral Relativity or Moral Relativism. 
and it talks about the good and the evil. And if there is a right, there is a wrong and just how it works into not only just the creation of the world, but also into our faith. It's a really great book. I'll have to look it up and I'll try to link it here. I read it literally when I was probably 19 years old. So, but he warns us of this hell and of destruction because he loves us, because he wants us to be aware of it and to know these are real things. And there's a really great book called, I think it's Moral Relativity or Moral Relativism. I read it when I was 19 years old, so I um, don't remember (laughs) the title, but I will try to link it here for you guys because it was so good. And it talks about good versus evil and how our world and the structure of the universe has a positive and negative, right? And so it kind of shows the outline of good and evil, of heaven and hell. It was a phenomenal book, but there is that fear, right? There should be this healthy fear of hell. I do not want to hear, I never knew you. It is one of my greatest fears and it should be as a Christian. So are we faithfully pursuing God and seeking to know him with all of our heart, soul, and mind? Are we taking the narrow path or are we taking the broad path that leads to destruction, as the Bible says? A better way, like maybe a visual way that might help you to understand this is because a lot of people are like, oh, how could you claim like doom and gloom? How could you say that there's a hell? How could you threaten a hell? And I say, I'm not going to beat you over the head with hell. I'm going to tell you of God's goodness and of his love, but I will also tell you of the wrath that is to come if you don't turn from your sin and from your life. If I were to be standing next to you and you were on my front porch and I saw a rattlesnake coming at you, which we don't have those in Tennessee anymore that I know of actually. I'm sure there are plenty of snakes, but Albuquerque, we had plenty of them. So say there's a rattlesnake coming up to your foot and I see it, but you don't, and you're distracted and you're talking, would it be unloving of me to warn you of that rattlesnake? No, (laughs) it would be unloving of me to not warn you about the destruction and the pain and the turmoil that could potentially come if you didn't change direction. It is loving to warn. It is loving to care. And I truly, like I saw this video on YouTube a while back and it was really phenomenal and heart-wrenching, but it was a story of like two co-workers, and you guys may have seen this, but two co-workers and one of them died and he went to hell. And it's like a letter from him to the co-worker who knew Jesus. And he was saying, you knew him. Why didn't you ever tell me? Why didn't you at least try? Why didn't you warn me? Now I am in a pit of destruction for the rest of my life. And you never even took the time to warn me and not to shame anyone or to guilt anyone that God is not a God of shame or guilt or condemnation, but to remind us that we have this weird fear of like coming off as these bizarre Christian people and yet their lives are at stake. Their eternities are at stake. So what do we care more about? It's not about us. It's about God and about people. So let's warn them of that rattlesnake because we love them and we care about them. But in order to do that, we have to know his word. And I would say boldly, if we claim to know Jesus, if you claim to know Jesus, but you do not love his word, it's likely that your love for Jesus has gone amiss or is headed in the wrong direction or maybe completely unfounded. And I'm not one to say your love for Jesus is unfounded. I am saying if you do not have a love for his word, there is something askew. 
do you have a biblical fear of God? I believe we truly understood you guys, the power and the majesty that emanates from the God of the universe, we would fear him and love him far more. And here's the thing, like as a mama, as a wife, the Bible is a guideline for my life. It is what gets me through my prayer and my reading time. I just cannot do it without it. And yet we often put the Bible at the bottom of the book pile, like I said, I've done before and try to just figure it out ourselves. But it's crazy to me because it's like someone hands us a Bible and says, hey, here's the structure of your life. Here's the direction. Here's the purpose handed down to you from the God who created you. Here, use it. And we say, eh, I'm good. (laughs) I've got it under control. Your calling, you guys, your ministry, your marriage, your motherhood, your fatherhood, your career, your purpose, your evangelism begins with God and His Word. Do not neglect your faithful reading of His Word. Your life begins and ends with Him. Put Him at the center. A lie that you may believe far too often, especially as a woman, is that you have to choose between your family and your dreams. But the Proverbs 31 woman defies that stereotype. She was both a mother and a businesswoman. She worked hard for her family and used the giftings that God had given her to provide for her home. She had both ambition and faith, and she was honored. Friends, if you have a gift, use it to make God's name known. Share your story, share your passions, share your life. I have spent the past five years relentlessly studying and implementing all things marketing, blogging, entrepreneurship, small business, and podcasting, while also being a stay-at-home mama of two boys. Now, with over 6 million blog readers, over 600,000 total podcast downloads, and tens of thousands of social media followers, I'm able to make an income for my family. I feel so passionate about this business and helping others to pursue those dreams, and I want to share everything I've learned with you, whether you're a mom of five or a college student. Do you want to be a travel blogger? Would you love to share your voice and launch a podcast? I can help you. I'm so excited to be offering one-on-one personalized business coaching for anyone with a dream to share their story, create a ministry, or build a platform. During our two and a half hour coaching session, I'll customize everything specifically for you by looking over your website and social media to give honest and helpful feedback that will help you grow. I'll teach you how to use Pinterest to make money even if you don't have any followers because if you're not using it yet, you're really missing out. And we'll talk all things Instagram, Facebook, branding, monetization, all in simple to understand terms. I will provide you with two free customizable media kits, a list of my 20 influencer websites that you can join right away to start collaborating with small and large brands, exclusive group board invites on Pinterest, and Facebook group invites to help get more eyes on your business right away. I always say she didn't do it better. She just did it. What is that one thing that you have always wanted to do, but you've never done? You will never succeed if you don't ever try, but you have a great chance at succeeding if you at least try. You don't ever want to live in regret. So if you are interested in this personalized coaching, just email livingeasypodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's livingeasypodcast at gmail.com. If you are interested in this coaching and hearing about how I can help you specifically, I'll talk to you soon. 
And so with that said, I'm going to divulge a little bit more into my thoughts on devotionals and podcasts and Instagram posts. In my personal opinion, devotions and devotionals can often be a quick fix along with this podcast other podcasts, Instagram posts that we read from Christian teachers and speakers. All of these are great things, right? But with that said, I want to share my thoughts on devotionals and podcasts and Instagram posts. In my personal opinion, devotionals are a quick fix. Along with this podcast and Instagram posts that we read from Christian teachers or speakers, one-liner verses that we have on a meme or on a pretty Pinterest board, While these things are great and not wrong or bad by any means, if your relationship is exclusively based on your favorite teacher's podcast episodes, you're not fully grasping the depth and the beauty of scripture. I never want the Living Easy podcast to be a replacement for your own personal Bible study. If this is your personal Bible study, please stop. (laughs) Just like Matt Chandler, one of my favorite pastors says, this is a great, his YouTube videos, he's like, these are great resources. These are great sermons for you to listen to, but you need a home church. And I will call you up to the same thing. You need to be reading your own Bible. Do not rely upon me to teach you your Bible. You learn your Bible and I am supplemental. You learn your Bible and your community group is supplemental. You read your Bible and Instagram posts are supplemental, but you must have an understanding of the larger version of that text. And when you go to read it, you say, oh, I know that book. I know that chapter. I know what God was saying. I know who God is. Because otherwise, like I said, you're taking other people's word for it because you only know a small portion of the text. Why would we want to hear, and this is something I ask myself a lot, Why would I want to hear what God taught her today or what God taught him today rather than hearing what God specifically has for me? Why do you want to hear what God is teaching me rather than hearing what God is teaching you? It is not bad, like I said, to listen to these things as an addition to your own Bible study, but make sure you have your own Bible study. Number three read chronologically. So there are three reasons I like reading chronologically and why I think it's a wonderful way for you to read the Bible and study the Bible. So number one, the Bible is made up of 66 different books. They're grouped mainly by genre. Some books are narrative, others are poetry, like Song of Solomon. Others are personal letters, others are prophecy. So just reading from cover to cover will not be the same as reading the Bible chronologically or in the order of the events that actually happened or that they were written. So you may not know that, but now you know that, that if you read it from front to back, that's not necessarily me reading it chronologically. So you can purchase and read chronological Bibles, and that's where the books of the Bible have been arranged in order that the events took place. And so... The second reason is that we have a clearer and we have a broader picture of the main character of the story, who is not us, but God. And God's character is revealed progressively throughout the story of the Bible. And so just as we don't fully know someone upon meeting them for the first time, like my new neighbors who have all been so wonderful and dreamy, I don't know anything (laughs) about them. I know like how they look, how they appear. I know very briefly their story but I know so little about them. And I will progressively get to know them more 
And it's the same way with reading the Bible. We don't fully understand the Lord when we only read the bits and pieces of His story. Studying or reading the Bible chronologically will help bring clarity to you and to His character and provide a more, I guess, comprehensive view of who God is. Thirdly, chronological reading helps us to avoid gaps in our understanding of God's plan for mankind. So it does seem easier to pick and choose certain well-known stories. Sometimes it's like, ah, it's just easy to read Matthew 5, you know? But there are so, guys, there's so much meat in the Bible. There's so much to grasp. The book of Romans is phenomenal, and it is a very often overlooked book. It, is, it has the full like road to salvation. It has ideas that challenge the view of Armenianism and the view of Calvinism, both intertwined and kind of gives context to what that even means. It talks about salvation and not taking salvation for granted and not taking God's grace for granted. It Oh my gosh, there's so much. It talks about condemnation and freedom and the spirit. And we don't just go to it. We go to a verse, right? Romans 8, 28. All things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Yes, for sure. That's a great verse. I'm not putting that down or being condescending at all. But I'm saying, oh my goodness, the meat in that book is phenomenal. And we just grab onto that one that is about us and our growth. And I don't want us as a Living Easy community, you guys, we are not going to be that person. We are going to say, God, that is a beautiful verse. And it is a true verse and it is meaningful, but you have so much more for me in your word than that one verse. So if you take the time to work through the Bible in the order the events actually happened, it will increase your wisdom. It will increase your knowledge and it will help you to grasp a narrative of the Bible and how all of the accounts are tied to one another and what they mean is one cohesive record rather than just being bits and pieces of scripture. So John Piper has a breakdown of questions that he asks. And if you don't have a journal out already, I would recommend maybe writing in the notes on your phone or something because this has been really helpful to me. These are some questions to ask when you're studying. So this is kind of how I study the Bible. One, I read for the author's meaning, not my own. And this is why I love having a study Bible. At the end of this, I will tell you which Bible I read, and I'll also link those in the show notes. But I read for the author's meaning. What is the author saying about God and his character? I do not ever want to twist scripture to fit my narrative because that is not truth. <laughs> it might feel good for the time being, but I can get a self-help book for that. I am reading God's word so that it reads me. I am reading God's word so that I will be convicted and I will change my path. So I'm going to read it as author intended, what God wanted to say, rather than what I hope that it says, or just twisting it. And we do this, you guys. There are a lot of people who go to church and don't know Jesus. There are a lot of people who know certain verses from the Bible but use them to justify their sin and their behavior. And if that is you, and if you're struggling with that, I just want to call you up against it and to challenge you to read the word for what it actually says. When it says this is sin, it means it is sin. There are no justifications. There are no excuses. Your sin is sin. And so what does that mean? It means you need to repent and turn from your ways. It doesn't mean that you justify and excuse it to fit your lifestyle. Drunkenness is a sin. Getting drunk is a sin. Alcohol is a gray area. I know there are issues with that. I have an Instagram highlight about alcohol. It's under my beliefs highlight, I think. And I talk a little bit about that. But 
Drunkenness. If you get drunk, you are in sin against God. If you are prideful, you are in sin against God. If you are having sex outside of marriage, you are in sin against God. If you are engaged in having sex, you are in sin against God. So all of these things, we don't like them. They don't feel good. I struggled with sexuality a ton in my engagement. I've shared that on some of my episodes as well. And I laugh now because I got through it, but it was really rough. And I wanted to justify it. I wanted to say, we're engaged. It's, I mean, we're almost there, right? We might as well, but we weren't there yet. I have an episode, I believe it's episode 65, um, where I talk about my dating stories and I talk about this, that if you're engaged, you are not married yet. You have not committed to God. You have not under the covenant of God yet. And your spouse, future spouse, as great and wonderful as they are, could walk away. As great and wonderful as they are, they could cheat. As great and wonderful as they are, they could get cold feet. You are not committed. Do not give your body away to someone who is not fully committed to you. God says sex is for oneness. Sex is what bonds you together, body and spirit, as husband and wife. Do not release that to somebody who is not committed to you. That's just heavy on my heart. I had to share it. Okay. So read for the author's meaning, not your own. Number two, ask questions to unlock the riches of the text. Ask about words, ask about phrases, ask about relationships between propositions, ask about context, study connections with other parts in the Bible, ask about application, and ask about affections. So you can read more of this if you just search John Piper, kind of like how to study the Bible or how to ask questions about the Bible. But if you're asking, if you're reading the word and you're saying, okay, what does this word mean? What does this phrase mean? And what does this therefore mean? Like the word therefore, it's hinting to something comes before it, right? And so if you're studying, it's not just to read it and to move along. The literature in the Bible is beautiful. And so we should be looking into it and digging into it to better understand God's heart. What are God's affections in this? How does this part of the New Testament connect to the part of the Old Testament? There are so many interrelated connections. It's beautiful, but you will never know that if you don't take the time to study it and understand it. And then number three, at every page, pray and ask for God's help. So let us allow God to speak to us. I pray, Lord, fill me with your spirit today before I read the word. Fill me with the wisdom that you would like for me to gain from this. Help me to know you deeper. Help me to serve you better. Help me to be a better example of your daughter and to love the people around me in a way that they see your goodness and your love in me. And also give me the boldness, Lord, to speak your truth. Fill me with your wisdom today as I read your word so that I am able to better share the gospel with those around me. I pray something like that before each page, and it has just really helped me. And I journal those prayers often. I journal what I want God to do in me and through me and come back to those prayers. If you haven't listened to my episode about prayer with Valerie Warner, we talk about how impactful a prayer journal has been in my life and why. And so as a whole, those are three ways. One, read for the author's meaning, not your own. Two, ask questions to unlock the riches of the text. Three, at every page, pray and ask for God's help. So with that said, as I mentioned the quiet time and the devotionals and everything, we must be willing to embrace the chaos. If you're a mama or if you're a businesswoman, 
embrace the chaos around us and know that that chaos will continue as we study the word. When I open my Bible and my journal, I know that my boys are going to come jump on me and they're going to interrupt me and they're going to ask questions and they're going to ask for a snack and all of those things and that the chaos will continue. But I'm going to continue reading the word in spite of it all. I don't want to just wait only for that minuscule moment of quiet time that's available to me that may not even happen that day because quiet time is so rare around here. And it probably is the same for you where you either have to wake up super early, which is fine. If you do that, that's awesome. I cannot. I have tried it and I fail and I fail and I fail. And so I have to just open my Bible at breakfast. I will just start to read the Bible to the boys as they're eating breakfast. Or I'll read it to myself some days with a headphone in with worship. I put worship on every morning while I'm cooking dinner at night kind of all the time. We just have it on our Alexa playing and I will worship and I will spend that time in the car. If the boys are talking up a storm, I'll talk to them for a bit and they'll say, okay, hey, mommy's going to listen to the Bible. I'll put it on the radio so they can listen with me or I'll put it in my ear on an AirPod. So it's just throughout the day. I want God to permeate my day. And if that means stopping in the middle of my work and saying, okay, Lord, I need some time with you. I'm going to read. And there's noise in the other room. I am still going to spend that time. I do not need the pretty quiet time because it's probably never going to happen. The belief or perspective that it has to look that way will steal from your faithfulness. I promise you, mama. Do not allow the chaos to stop you from your time. That is when you need it the most. That is when you need Jesus the most. And so knowing also that 10 minutes a day with that quiet time may not produce as much growth as 45-minute blocks twice a day of listening to the Bible in the car or putting it in your schedule in a realistic way. We need a transcendent view of God and Scripture to get through this season of motherhood, to get through this season of coronavirus, to get through this season of politics. We need God now more than ever. We've always needed Him, but man, We need Him, and our world needs Him, and we need the ability to share the truth with others. And you will grow. Let me tell you, if it's hard for you and you feel stuck, I get it. I have been there. I understand. You will grow in your love for God and the scriptures the more that you do it. It's just like fitness. Like you go that first time to yoga or to lift weights and you're like dreading it (laughs) in that first salad and you're like, oh, my hamburger or my pizza. But the more you go to the gym and the more you eat well, the more your body craves it and your mind craves it and your soul craves it. And it is the same way with reading the Bible. You will gain that transcendent view of God when you are faithful, when you are consistent. And the more that you read the scriptures, the more you will want it, the more you will desire it, and the more it will become a part of your life. So I want to say, you don't need to get black and white and start a new routine at 4 a.m. that you'll never stick with and you've never stuck with in your entire life because week two, week three, you will fail. Or if you're me, it's like week one. I'm like three days in. (laughs) I'm useless at four in the morning. So don't give up. Just evaluate what works for you in your life. Evaluate your priorities. Evaluate your time and say, okay, Lord, where am I giving my time? All that you probably need to do is look at your screen time on your phone and realize you do have plenty of time on your hands to read the word. And so it's fitting it in just like you fit your screen time in so that you are faithfully reading and consistent in your walk with the Lord. So the last part, the last question that I will answer are, uh, which Bibles do I read? Which do I like? So number one is the ESV study Bible. 
The ESV study Bible is one that I've used since I was saved. So since I was 19, in the ESV translation, each word and phrase has been carefully weighed against the Hebrew, the Aramaic, and the Greek. So it ensures the fullest accuracy and clarity to avoid kind of under-translating or overlooking any nuances of the original text. So it's a word-for-word translation and more closely related to the original version of the King James Bible, but of course, much easier to read. And this version, the ESV study Bible that I linked in the show notes, includes commentary that really helps me. So like I'll read a chapter and I will study and I'll highlight and look into it and kind of understand. And then I read the commentary and see what they say. And then oftentimes I will go and read commentary from other pastors that I respect or other writers or authors like C.S. Lewis or R.C. Sproul or um, Spurgeon and just kind of see what they had to say about the text. And then I keep reading and I journal it out. So that really helps me. And that commentary just, everyone has a different perspective. And that's the beautiful thing is the Holy Spirit speaks different things to each person. And then I also will read when I'm studying a text and maybe don't understand it or don't agree with it, you know, like I can disagree with God, but where I'm like, that just doesn't feel right because we're allowed to question. We're allowed to doubt. We're allowed to ask questions. And it's important that we do. I'll go back and read the New King James Version, the King James Version, the New Living Translation, just to have a greater understanding of the verse in the context. So ESV Study Bible. Also, if you're a new believer, a great resource is the New Living Translation Study Bible, and that kind of reads like a book. It's much easier to read. The translation itself is just more kind of toned down with the fancy verbiage and the words. And so I've linked both an illustrated version for those of you who are visual learners and a life application Bible, which helps you to kind of gain insight as to how the Bible and the calling of the Bible pertains to your holiness and your walk with the Lord. So that's the ESV Study Bible, the New Living Translation Study Bible. I don't read that one personally, but I do recommend it to new Christians all the time. And then thirdly is the She Reads Truth Study Bible. So while I shared my thoughts on devotionals, I do believe that a devotional alongside actual and intentional reading of the Bible is super beneficial. And so the She Reads Truth Bible is wonderful, you guys, and such a great resource. This is not sponsored. I really, really just love this Bible. But if you're wanting a deeper love of Scripture and a more practical, helpful way of reading and understanding the Bible, the She Reads Truth Bible is amazing. So a few of the reasons I love the Bible is one, it has reading plans. So each book has its own custom reading plan that's broken down into easy to read sections and includes over 200 devotionals throughout the Bible. So you're reading your Bible, but then you're going through and you're doing your devotionals. The She Reads Truth also includes 66 key verses. So there's a key verse, a memory verse, if you will, for every book of the Bible. And then there are colored maps, colored charts, colored timelines to really understand like the history of scripture. So I just love that. I love seeing what I've read and then taking notes. And they have wide margins for note-taking, which is big for me too. It's just a really great Bible. That one and the ESV Study Bible are definitely my favorites. I love them all. They're all linked in the show notes for you. Um, This episode, as usual, ended up being much longer than I intended, but I believe that it was spirit-led and every part of it is important. And so not that every word I say is important, of course, but that everything God had to say today to you is important. And so I pray that you um, gathered a lot from this episode. I pray that you feel encouraged, not shamed or condemned, because as I said, you guys, I'm walking this road with you. And I believe so 
so much in the power of reading the word. And that as a Christian, we need to know the Bible. It is not an option. We are called to give an account for what we believe. We are called to know the Lord with all of our heart, soul, and mind. We are called to love the word of God. And if we are not, what is missing? What is amiss? Answer that and then do something about it. Repent of it and move along. Don't justify it or excuse it. I will say, also as a mom in closing, one of the greatest gifts of my life is to sit down and read the Bible and to have the boys ask me questions about God. Every car ride to school, and this is not to boast in myself, it's to boast in the God of the universe who's working in my boys' hearts already. On the way to school, they're always, or, or on the way to a friend's house or anything, they're always asking questions about God and about the Bible and and about our relationship with Him and our relationship with people because of what they hear. If I saved my Bible reading for only when they're not around, they wouldn't see that. They wouldn't be a part of that. Even if I'm not reading to them, <laughs> I'll open my Bible and Sutton will go and get his action Bible. It's a kid's Bible. I can link that one too. It's a really great resource for boys especially. And then the Jesus Calling Bible is great too. But yeah, we all open and then they'll come and sit next to me and open theirs. And even though Saxon can't read, he likes to look at the pictures, but Sutton's starting to read and he'll read and he'll ask me questions. Be an example, mamas. If you read at the dinner table, that's fine. If you read at the breakfast table, that's fine. If you read during the day when they're jumping all over you and watching Daniel Tiger, that's fine. And if you're not a mom and you're a businesswoman, open your Bible during lunch. Be an example to your coworkers. Let them see your faithfulness. Let them see your light. Speak to them. Let them ask questions. It is a gift to have the Word of God accessible to us. You know how many countries and people in many countries who it is illegal for them to own a Bible. It is illegal for them to walk into a church. We take for granted what we have. And as a community, I just, I want to like give you a huge hug (laughs) in love and call you up against this worldly view of Christianity and say Americanized view really of Christianity and to get outside of it. Let's get outside of it. Let us fight against it. Let us not accept the bare minimum for our faith. If we are lukewarm, the Bible says God will spit us out of his mouth. So where in your life are you lukewarm? Where in your life are you accepting this very minimal, selfish view of God? And how can you twist that to make him the king of your world? I love you guys so much. If you enjoyed this episode, as always, I ask that you share with one friend or family member who that you want to share truth with, somebody that you could encourage today or someone who may not know what to do or how to even begin reading the Bible, how to study the Word of God. Challenge them, encourage them, call them up, call your people up to better into a stronger relationship with Jesus. That is what this is all about. Love to hear what you gained from this episode. Tag me at Living Easy with Lindsay on the stories if you have something to share or if you learned something. And as always, I love you guys so much. Thank you so much for being here. If you want to learn more about this as well, I do have my modern Proverbs 31 woman study. That is located on my website, sparrowsandlily.com. You can also find the link in my Instagram bio. And I talk about living a Christian life, what it means with gossip, with work, with purpose, with motherhood, with marriage, what it looks like with tithing and with money, what it looks like to actually walk out our Christian faith. I will link that in the show notes as well. So I love you guys so much and I will talk to you next time. 
If you enjoyed this episode, please take a second to share the love. The simple act of taking a screenshot of this episode and tagging the Living Easy podcast makes such a huge difference in my little podcasting world. If you were blessed, challenged, or impacted by this conversation, someone else you know might be too. So please feel free to share a little hope and joy with the people that you love. If you haven't already, please take 30 seconds to scroll down from this episode or the podcast homepage on iTunes to give a quick rating and review. This makes a huge difference and helps in getting great guests for future interviews. Don't forget to follow along with me on Instagram for encouragement, devotionals, and practical advice on all the life and faith stuff. Love you guys.